0: Hey everyone, this is Dr. Nick Hoffman at the Marys School. Welcome to Tales from the Social Studies Department, the podcast where the students tell you the stories that they wish were on the curriculum. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Nick Hoffman at the Marys School. Welcome to Tales from the Social Studies Department, the podcast where the students tell you the stories that they wish were on the curriculum.
1: What makes a player great? My name is Emmett Probst, and I'm joined today by Bryant Lizabee, and today we'll be discussing our top 10 college football players of the last decade. Our lists are based on, and not limited to, stats, championships, and awards, but most of all, it's up to the straight-up talent and wow factors that we see when we watch college football. Let's get into it. Good
2: morning, y'all. All right, I'll get straight into it, but number 10, I got Trey Mason, Auburn legend, total beast in 2013 really came on the second half of his junior year that season he had 800, 1,816 rushing yards, 5.7 yards to carry 23 touchdowns along with another 163 yards in the air like dude was actually unstoppable the second half of the year he had a 300 yard game against Missouri in the SEC championship I mean it's like he couldn't be tackled I mean Totally carried us to the national championship that year as I'm an Auburn fan, um, along with Nick Marshall. So, yeah, that's who I got at number 10.
1: And number 10 for me, I have Trayvon Walker from Georgia, number one pick overall this year. I think he was the most influential player from that Georgia defense last year that totally wiped every team. I think they gave up like an average of like less than a touchdown a game. So very influential player. And then obviously they saw him in in his combine having one of the best combines we've ever seen, obviously going number one, going to Duval County, playing for Jacksonville. So number 10 for me, Trayvon Walker.
2: At uh, number nine for me, I got got Saquon Barkley. I mean, another insane running back, 672 carries on his career for almost 4,000 yards, adding 43 touchdowns to that with 100 catches. Another 1,200 yards receiving, eight touchdowns and two kickoff return touchdowns. He was the player who could literally do it all. I mean, Penn State literally got the maximum usage out of this guy. He was he was a basically their wide receiver one. He was obviously the running back one who was also their kick returner. I mean, he literally could not be stopped in all three aspects of the game and running the ball, receiving the ball, and returning the ball. He uh, had three hundred, my bad, three a thousand yard seasons on the ground, and he had uh literally he was such a good receiver. He had more production than most of the receivers in the Big Ten. I mean, yeah, he was also such an electrifying player. I mean, he almost revitalized Penn State's fan base into one of the loudest uh, fan bases we know of in the country today.
1: Number nine for me, I also have Saquon, Big Quad big quad Saquon coming out of Penn State. Um, one of the most influential running backs we've ever seen, kind of transformed that position of in college football, kind of brought up the scat back aspect, but also had that downhill running ability. And obviously he has that kick return ability, too. We saw it at the whiteout one game, I think it was against Michigan where, or against Ohio State, where he housed one right off the kickoff, creating one of the most electric atmospheres in all of football, that whiteout game. So number nine for me, Saquon.
2: And number eight, I got um, Mr. Drip Baker Mayfield from Oklahoma, uh, 1026 for 1497 at 69% completion on his career, 14,607 yards passing, another 130 touchdowns, only 30 interceptions, 1,100 yards rushing, basically, and 21 more touchdowns on the ground. I mean, he was a former walk-on. He had the most swag out of anyone ever from oklahoma in my opinion i mean when he swung that flag around stabbed in the middle the field that that was pretty awesome he won the heisman in 2017 and uh he went to two college football playoff games barely lost to georgia that year in a very close game which went to overtime he was the two-time big 12 player of the year third most t- or actually the most touchdowns in program history pardon me and he absolutely torched college football during his time with Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma could I mean there was no answer to him I mean the only game he lost it was only because Georgia outscored him
1: number eight for me I have Mark Ingram Uh, I think he's one of the best uh, running backs to ever come out of running back University Alabama Um, he had uh, almost three uh, thousand yard seasons in 2009 he had almost a 2,000 yard season on the ground that was obviously his Heisman year Mark Ingram could have won the Heisman two years in a row. Um, Mark Ingram obviously went to the NFL, was a big player for the Saints for a couple years, played for the Ravens, just a good downhill running, a guy that you could really rely on and trust that he could get those hard-fought yards downhill. Not a super flashy guy, but in college he scored and he got yards. So Mark Ingram, number eight.
2: Uh, uh, Number seven, I basically have an upgraded version of Saquon Barkley here. I got Christian McCaffrey from Stanford. He had one of the most incredible seasons in college football in 2015. He had 4,000 or almost 4,000 all-purpose yards, 2,019 rushing yards, 645 receiving yards, another 1,100 kickoff return yards, and another 130 punt return yards. I mean, literally, this guy, there was nothing he couldn't do. He was Stanford's wide receiver one. I mean, he was just that guy's offense. I mean, he one cut legend. He made one cut just Acceleration was crazy. Would just fly by everyone on the field. I mean, totally robbed up a Heisman Trophy. He closed his uh, 2015 season with a record 368 all-purpose yards in the Rose Bowl as he and Stanford totally wiped Iowa. I mean, he he was electrifying, lit up the field in every aspect of the game. I mean, by far the best player in my opinion to ever come out of Stanford. So that's who I have at number seven.
1: Number seven for me is Deshaun Watson. Some people may think this is a little bit high, obviously winning that 2016 National Championship. And it really pains me to put him here, Brian, because I do not like that Clemson team with Deshaun Watson and Hunter Renfro, which beat my beloved Crimson Tide in the National Championship in 2016. Deshaun Watson, though, so influential, kind of revived that Clemson program and brought them to that success that they had for those five or so years. Obviously, the, the last year they kind of struggled with a uh, to forgot the forgot – uh, new quarterback's name, but um, you know Dabo will get him revised, and Deshaun Watson kind of brought Dabo to light and kind of brought those recruits in, and Deshaun Watson so influential in that program, so he's my number seven.
2: I don't think that's high at all, or like I think yeah, I think actually a little low. But anyways, moving on, number six, I got Johnny Manziel. Uh, as Christian McCaffrey was kind of an upgraded version of Saquon Barkley for. For a comparison, this guy is kind of, in my opinion, an upgraded version of of Baker Mayfield. I mean, if Baker Mayfield was Mr. Drip, this guy is Dr. Drip. I mean, he had 7,820 yards passing in his college career at Texas A&M, 63 touchdowns, and there are 2,000 yards rushing with uh, 30 more touchdowns on the ground. He was one of the most exciting players in SEC history. I mean, everyone, I mean, this dude got Texas A&M so many views. He was making ESPN i guarantee you so much money or whoever was streaming his games um everyone wanted to watch this guy he was a lightning rod on and off the field i mean his backyard kind of football was absolutely so much fun to watch scramble out of the pocket 30 yards backwards having a couple 300 pound defensive linemen chasing him just jukes him out doesn't even care throws it up in the air let his receivers make plays he was a uh, a great dual threat quarterback he was also one of the first ever quarterbacks in college football to be a part of an air raid scheme which is very prevalent nowadays and translates well to the nfl even though this guy didn't really translate well to the nfl due to his his uh copious partying habits but i mean in 2012 his performance was just so jaw-dropping uh he was what's it called His first year in the SEC and first freshman and fifth player in NCAA history to pass for 3,000 yards and rush for 1,000 yards in a season. He also won the Heisman his sophomore year. I mean, just total, total beast. So, yeah, that's who I got number seven in it, or number six in it.
1: Number six for me is uh, Derrick Henry. Coming out of college, might be the most anticipated uh, recruit. Obviously drafted the Titans and has been so productive. The only reason I don't have him higher on my list is because I think he absolutely robbed that Heisman Trophy off of Christian McCaffrey like you talked about, but his college stats are absolutely incredible. In that 2015 season, he recorded 2,300 all-purpose yards, which is just electric, 406 of the, uh, excuse me, 2,219 of those on the ground, so they fed that boy and let him eat, and he ran downhill, destroying defenses, if I remember if I remember correctly, I think he ran all over that Auburn defense in twenty fifteen, which is not easy to do because you know Auburn gets those big boys on the line. But Derrick Henry would be higher if he if he didn't rob that Heisman trophy off of uh, Christian McCaffrey. But yeah, Derrick Henry, there you go. I
2: was having to watch Derrick Henry run all over my, my Auburn defense in twenty fifteen. I got him at my number five. Uh he literally carried Alabama to that national championship in twenty fifteen career numbers uh 602 yards 3600 carries 42 touchdowns with another uh only 17 catches 300 yards and three touchdowns receiving but this i mean he was just a workhorse a locomotive you could say in the backfield uh, his his 271 yard 46 carry performance for in the iron bowl versus auburn that season uh will not be will not be long forgotten by me at least and then he Destroyed Florida in the SEC championship. On the following weekend, I mean, when he was a junior, yeah. As Emmett was saying, this year that year he rushed for 2,219 yards, 28 touchdowns, 400 carries, and he won the Heisman Trophy. And even though he sort of robbed McCaffrey because McCaffrey was having a all-time legendary season, like probably top seven seasons in, col- in any position in college football history. This dude definitely still on any other year would be the clear front runner for the Heisman, but as his uh what's it called, as he just was the more dominant player in my opinion and went against more uh, uh, better competition, I would say in the SEC rather than McCaffrey in the Pac twelve. That's why I have him up higher and I mean it's showing it's really showing in the NFL. It's not a notch to McCaffrey, but some McCaffrey's been shut down a few times. I don't I mean Henry, the only time he's been shut down is four yards a carry.
1: Of that pick. Number five for me is Christian McCaffrey. And the only reason I put him ahead is because, like I've been saying the past three times, I think he got robbed out of that national championship. But Christian McCaffrey might be the best player to ever grace his presence for in the Pac twelve and might end up being one of the best running backs in the history if he stays healthy. That guy is so productive and he's so little, but he his cuts are so smooth and he's so strong. He's just a powerhouse and he can run downhill, he can cut, he can catch the ball, he can return punts, he can do everything. Like you said, he's the best player to come out of Stanford. Should have won the Heisman Trophy. Um, the amount of uh, – as productive as he was, I think that he should maybe even be higher on my list. But number five, that's who I got, Christian McCaffrey. All
2: right. And number four, you're going to like this one, it. I got another Alabama player. I have Devontae Smith, wide receiver from Bama from the 2020 season. Set numerous program records. I mean, anyone who watched this guy – agrees with my pick here yeah he set numerous program records including shattering several individual sec marks uh he was literally could not be stopped by anyone no one even come close to stopping this guy literally overpowered probably a hundred overall if there was a ncaa football game for this season definitely deserves an 100 overall uh in the finale against Ohio State, he managed double-digit catches, over 200 yards, and three touchdowns. And that was only in the first half. I mean, that's just a good depiction of how great this guy was. When he was a senior with Alabama, he won the Heisman Trophy. This is during the 2020 season. Uh, his stats that year are 117 receptions for 1,856 yards 16 yards for catch 16.0 yards per catch uh 23 touchdowns and this is only in 13 games i mean just legendary stuff from this guy
1: well brian my number four is also Devante, Devontae soki smooth smith coming in the golden gazelle the slim reaper that's the most that's the best wide receiver i've ever seen play college football and an alabama fan myself i've seen calvin ridley come through i've seen julio jones Jalen waddle jared judy henry ruggs all these guys come through but no one. It's as exciting to watch as Devontae Smith. This guy just he just does not look athletic, but he gets on the field and he will make you miss and he will make plays out of nowhere. Obviously had Mac Jones throwing to him, like you said, eight hundred uh, one thousand eight hundred and sixty two all-purpose yards in that twenty twenty two Heisman season. And my favorite thing about him is he saw all his friends go. He saw Jerry Judy go to the draft and Henry Ruggs go to the draft, and he said, Man. I'm gonna stay because I know what I can do for this Alabama offense and Mac Jones playing quarterback for me this one more year. And man, did that one more year uh, create some excitement for him in the draft? Obviously obviously going number six overall to the Eagles, um, winning the Heisman trophy the first time since Desmond Howard that receivers won the Heisman. But Devontae Smith obviously carried Alabama. I think he had two what, two hundred yards in that national championship in the first half. So yeah, Devontae Smith. There you go, just outside my top three.
2: All right, at uh, number three, I got Deshaun Watson as I was a little little concerned about you having him only at number seven earlier, Emmett, because this guy was unbelievable. I mean, his sophomore and junior years combined for around 8,600 yards passing and uh, another around... 76 touchdowns. I mean, he absolutely incredible. Was super clutch in the national championship game. I mean, m- I mean led a game-winning drive to win that game. I mean, absolutely unreal player. Despite his like recent controversies, I think he's kind of a kind of a good guy. Not really sure yet, but he seemed like a great guy in college. Um, he's from the Atlanta or Georgia area, which I which I'm also a fan of. I mean, he was he was awesome to watch, and he led. I feel like when he was at Clemson, those were the two greatest teams for Clemson of all time. So that's who I got at number three.
1: Number three for me is Jadavion Clowney. I think he might be the best defensive player that we've seen in the SEC in the past 10 years. And I stand by that. In uh, 2013, he had 28 solo tackles with uh, 11 assisted tackles. um, In 2012, which was his really standout season, his sophomore, 40 solo tackles, 14 of those assisted, 23 and a half of those for a loss. 13 sacks so he's averaging a sack a game in college football well almost less because we know how bad South Carolina is they probably did not play in a bowl game Jadavion Clowney obviously everyone knows that big hit he had against Michigan the redemption hit but Jadavion Clowney's so influential obviously going number one pick overall so yeah Jadavion Clowney number three
2: all right at number two I got Joe Burrow from LSU, Joe Scheiste, I mean, abs- talking about unstoppable players, he might have had debatedly the most definitely the most dominant passing season we've ever seen all time, but debatedly the most dominant season of all time, though in my opinion one player did a little bit more than him, but not to discredit this guy. I mean, his magical 2019 season, anyone who watched him knows like how amazing this guy was. He guided LSU to 15 and 0 national championship season. I mean he had tons of talent around him, but he still lit it up on the field. He finished the year with five thousand six hundred and seventy-one passing yards, sixty touchdowns with only six interceptions, including seventy-seven percent of his passes. I mean, it was evident early on that this dude was something special. His sixty touchdowns and two hundred two quarterback rating are NCAA records. He also, yeah, as I was saying, that 77% completion percentage led the NCAA. Um, and then because of all this amazingness, he went on to become the number one overall pick by the Bengals. And 2019, or I guess the 2020 draft, I mean, not surprisingly, I mean, this guy, he's, he's already doing great in the NFL, led the Bengals to an AFC championship this year, um, or to the AFC championship this year. Yeah, that's who I got at number two.
1: Number two for me, and I, I, I expect Brian to be a little upheld about this, but I have Super Cam Cam Newton, and this totally pains me to do this because he might be my least favorite player to ever grace the football field in the SEC, but he's just too good to not have in your top three. So Super Cam sitting at number two for me, and I watched him tear up my Crimson Tide in that Iron Bowl. Um, just such an annoying player to play against because he's shaped like a tight end and runs downhill at your defense. And, I mean, what can you do against a guy – the size of a tight end who can launch the ball down the field. So Cam Newton, number two for me.
2: Yeah, so for my number one, I'll cue the Superman music. Wow, what a great song. So yeah, number one, I got Cam Newton, 3,000 yards passing, 30 touchdowns, another 1,500 yards on the ground with 20 touchdowns the most dominant all-around season in college football history in my opinion as Emmett was saying could not be stopped on the ground could not be stopped through the air i mean he took an eight and five auburn team in 2010 and brought them to glory as he led them to a 14-0 and 0 season and a national championship he we overcome auburn overcame a bunch of close calls during that season i mean the came back in the iron bowl that year where we came back from 21 points and maintained our place. At number one was absolutely incredible. He lost for at least 150 yards in six different games. And he completed passes at a 66.1% completion rate. And he broke numerous single season sec records that were previously set by Tim Tipo, who he backed up at Florida. And I'm so glad that, he came to Auburn because he is the face of our program right now.
1: And sitting at number one for me, I don't think this is much of a question of who you think it's going to be. It's your boy. You love him, Joe Scheisty and Joey Buckets. Like you said, um, just one of the best players to ever, that we've ever seen play in the SEC. Had that career season in 2019. And Brian, I kind of disagree with your Baker Mayfield pick. I think Joe Burrow is the swaggiest player He's also the most loved player I've ever seen in college football by a single program. The way that those LSU fans treated Joe Burrow, he was like a king down there in Baton Rouge. So Joe Burrow, sitting at number one for me, obviously led that uh, Bengals team from zero to hero now. they're They're an NFL contender. They're Super Bowl contender, AFC champs last year, so I'm excited to see what he does in his career. So Joe Burrow, number one.
2: Well, thank y'all all for uh, taking your time to listen to us today. And we especially want to thank Dr. Hoffman for giving us this opportunity to share our uh, a bit radical and biased college football opinions. And uh, we hope y'all all have a great rest of your day.
0: Tales from the Social Studies Department is a podcast of the Mayor's Podcasting Experiment and executive produced by Dr. Nick Hoffman. All views expressed herein are the views of the podcaster and not of Marist School, Dr. Hoffman or the Social Studies Department at Marist School. Thank you. Tales from the Social Studies Department is a podcast of the Marist podcasting experiment and executive produced by Dr. Nick Hoffman. All views expressed herein are the views of the podcaster and not of Marist School, Dr. Hoffman or the Social Studies Department at Marist School. Thank you.